You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Just like that, we're recording. Sonny, what's going on? Same old, same old. I, we got a special guest I'm super happy about. Who's our special guest? I don't know. Some guy from Decibel Geek. He said he had to come on. It was a contractual obligation. Hey, everybody. It's Aaron Camaro. Oh, never <laughs> <laughs> Need to put a little bass in that voice for that to work. What's going on, Kristen Zach? I need to put a lot of bass in my voice for that. <laughs> oh, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's about time I finally got on the show. I know. We're getting ready for the Atlanta Kiss Expo. By the time this podcast comes out, it will be upon us. Vinnie Vincent, we're looking forward to it. So we had to have the Vinnie Vincent expert. Do you feel like you're getting pigeonholed into, uh, into that category, Chris? No, nah, I wear it proudly. I'm happy to be pigeonholed. Although that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> Again, that's what she said. All right. Sorry for late night Chris showing up. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be exploring the Vinnie Vincent family tree. We're going to talk about all things Vinnie Vincent, pre-kiss, kiss, and then after kiss. Excited to have Chris on Sonny, you, uh, you excited about this whole episode? Oh, yeah. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff people talk about when it comes to Vinny. We're all three of us are fans, so this would be 99.9% on the positive side because Vinny has written some great music. Now, out of the three of us, I think that I'm the only one who's seen Kiss with Vinny Vincent. Is that true or false? I haven't seen I, I haven't either. So I went and looked up the set list because I had to know. I saw Kiss in 1983 in March in Biloxi, Mississippi, and the set list was as follows. Creatures of the Night, Detroit Rock City, Cold Gin, Calling Dr. Love, Guitar Solo Paul Stanley, I Want You, Guitar Solo Vinnie Vincent, I Love It Loud, Firehouse, Drum Solo, War Machine, Love Gun, Bass Solo, God of Thunder, I Still Love You, Black Diamond, and the encores were Strutter and Rock and Roll All Night. That's a great set. That is a great set. Do you guys notice something that's missing from this set that that I couldn't believe was actually missing? Mm, Was Deuce not in that set? Deuce was not in this set. Yeah, that song took like a, a serious vacation through like all of the 80s, I think. Really? Yeah, I don't know why they retired it. it uh, maybe because, I don't know, maybe Gene was like, that's a makeup era. Although they were still in makeup for creatures. But yeah, I don't know. They just, they dumped that song. And it's funny though, because since the reunion, you, I, you'll you rarely ever hear a show without it. Right. I remember this show was a half house uh, and it wasn't, <laughs> even at a half house, it wasn't sold very well. And I remember proud of the biggest reason that I went and saw this other than it was the first time I'd ever seen Kiss live was because the opening acts were Riot and Vandenberg and I really wanted badly to see both of them. I'm jealous. I would have loved to see either of those bands, especially Riot. I love Riot. 
it was a great concert. It really was a good concert, especially being for my first Kiss live concert. It was, uh, you know, it didn't have all the craziness that I'd heard rumors about throughout the years, but, you know, they had the big tank and uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed it for sure. Riot and Vandenberg were both really good. I was literally, I was on the barrier probably sort of in between center stage and Vinnie Vincent's side of the stage. So I was kind of, uh, right in the action. Uh, it was good. Yeah. So what'd you think of, what'd you think of Vinnie playing live in that show? I mean, I thought it was good. You know, I mean, it's pretty much just as he is on record. I mean, he goes off here and there places, you know, I got the chance to listen to a bunch of the, uh, demo stuff that, that, uh, Sonny shared with me today and I have to say, I have a little bit newer respect for Vinnie Vincent listening to a lot of that demo stuff because for me, I mean, he kind of, he reminds me in places a lot of like Jeff Beck, mm-hmm. kind of a weird style, but he can go off uh, on these tangents. But then I also heard some of the stuff on the demo that was really, really tasteful and played with feeling. And I would love to hear more of that from Vinny than this crazy, like erratic, just flying off the handle stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the Jeff yeah. Beck, thing, that's an honest influence of him too. Cause, and actually when he met Gene, that was one of the things they bonded over was they both had a shared love of Jeff Beck. So that, that's not surprising at all. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got the ability, like when you listen to stuff like treasure, I mean, it sounds like hollow notes. I mean, there's, sure. There's some pop sensibility there, but you know, it's at times he's doing other stuff and at times it's totally melodic and beautiful. Yeah. yeah that treasure is, that's some AM gold right there for us. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So before we get into the meat of this conversation, the word of the day is recumbent. So suggest of response, leaning, resting, Laying down, representing a person lying down. Uh, so here's the example. When Vinny left Kiss, he did not leave in a recumbent position. Sonny, you want to read your example? <laughs> I put in there, Ace was in a recumbent position as Bob Kulik stepped over him after completing his guitar solos. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, so I, I think, think I spent most of the 70s in a recumbent position. <laughs> so I think we have the gist of the word recumbent working in throughout the podcast as you feel necessary. Every time you hear it, feel like drinking. Go ahead and take a drink. <laughs> All right. So so before we get any further, we got a little bit of house cleaning to do. Let's let the lovely Samantha tell our, our listeners where they can find our podcast. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word. G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Okay, so Grown Ups of the Week. Uh, folks have shared us on Twitter and Facebook. Carlos E. Avendano 
Aaron Baker, our buddy Joshua Toomey of the Talk Toomey podcast, uh, Derek Novak, Rick Friel, Stone Deaf Festival. So these guys, I guess they're veterans of setting up the download in Donington festivals, and they're going out on their own and doing their own festivals. So I guess it's a new festival. Cool. Uh, Finnegan O'Dell, Jody Havnot, our buddy Chris Sinzak. Thank you, sir. Tony Masalam of the band Restrained, uh, Save Rock and Metal, Master P, Janet Eck, Rock and Roll High, which is a Twitter handle, Jade Zablewski, Ruben Garcia, Daryl Alber of the H&K Collectibles, Alan Tate, our buddy from Ages of Rock Podcasts, uh, Andrew Jacobs, and the lovely Jennifer Trice. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so this week's Crank It Up Spotlight, we got a new band that none of us know absolutely nothing about, but we heard it was cool, so we're going to play it. (laughs) (laughs) The band's actually from Norway. They've been around uh, for about 15 years, and Chris and I first heard this song on Cobras and Fire. They played it uh, a couple of episodes ago, I think. And this is their one, two, three, four, sixth album coming out in January. Album's called Blackout, and the song is awesome, and it's called This Is War. From Audrey Horn.
All right. Cool. I like it. Thanks for sharing it. Appreciate that, fellas. It sounds great. Yeah, I think that's gonna have that's gonna be a contender for my best of 2018 list that I get to put together next year. I'm, I'm knee deep at <laughs> 2017. Well, the, the 2017 one should be out by the time this episode comes out. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to go back and check out some of their other records because I'm curious yeah. curious to hear what some of those other records. I've never heard of this band in my life. So, let's get into the main discussion, fellas. Vinnie Vincent kind of the main discussion what we decided to do was each of us pick our favorite three Vinny songs with a couple of rules so we wanted one song before kiss before Vinny joined kiss basically stuff before like october october 82 ish Vinny was dabbling in some things then one one song from during kiss and that would be anything Vinny was involved in in history so everything from creatures to revenge i guess and farther and then one song basically after kiss meaning after he left lick it up so anything like basically after 83 um so that way we get a good part of vinnie's career a lot of these years were just demos that we came across uh, some of the stuff has been released lately by members vinnie was in bands with and uh, maybe yeah. some of this stuff will be in his box set someday so Let's get started, and I think we're going to start with Chris. Okay, so for the before Kiss era, I thought about picking something from Treasure, just because it's such a, it's just kind of such, well, just for looking at Vinny, it's kind of oddball sounding, but if you haven't checked out Treasure, check it out, because it was a band that he he was in with Felix Cavallari, who was in the Rascals, and um, I got a really great drummer named Jack Scarangella, and uh, it's a three-piece band, and it's very much you know, AM gold, but like a lot of his Jeff Beck influence comes through on that material. But definitely if you're looking for a heart head, anything head banging treasure is not going to be the album for you, but it's, it's an, it's an interesting thing to look at. There's also the Dan Hartman material. Love if it. you've, uh, if you've ever heard instant replay there, that's a, that's a disco song from the seventies. And he played with Dan Hartman for a little while. He also toured with the winter brothers for a little while too. I don't know if you guys knew that. I didn't um, know. Yeah, that was due to the connection to Dan Hartman, who, of course, was the singer for the Edgar Winter Group for a while. That's him singing Free Ride. I love that Dan um, Hartman shit, man. That I, I want it to play Double O Love because that Dan Hartman thing, man, it kind of sounds, it reminds me a lot of Cameo. Yeah, that's I can hear that too, yeah. And, yeah. you know, Vinny was, I mean, I hope that if you dig into his stuff enough, and as you'll hear on some of these demos, you know, he was a very multi-talented player. Like, he could do... Could, that's kind of the praise that you hear from a lot of people that have worked with him. And I've interviewed a lot of people that have worked with him and they all say the guy could just play anything. And it's not just, Oh, he just did mindless noodling or whatever. But, uh, for my pre kiss era song, I picked uh, gypsy in her eyes. And that was one that he demoed with the band. Well, the working name of the band was warrior at the time, but I don't think they even really, they weren't even really a band they were just demoing songs. And it was, Vinny with uh, some of the guys from New England who would also go on to form Alcatraz. And uh, that's the uh, the name of the song. And that's just a really good pop rock song. I think this song had hit all over it. I'm amazed no one else recorded it in the 80s. I think it's great. So let's play it. Gypsy in her eyes.
Yeah, that's a that's a great song. I've heard a version with Fergie Fredrickson, right? That was yeah, on the same yeah. on that same album. I think they were in like a, they were just rehearsing with them, trying to get them to fit in. Right. Um, but it's a great song. Did, you could have sold that to anybody. Did I hear you say that the members of Nantucket went on to f- form Alcatraz? The members of New England. New England. New England went on to form Alcatraz, yeah. like the Grand yeah. Bonnet Alcatraz. Jimmy Waldo and Gary Shea from New England went on to be part of Alcatraz. Oh, wow. I didn't know that they were in New England. I had no clue about that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah essentially, the Warrior Demos is basically Vinnie Vincent and the members of New England without John Fannin. What's interesting with the Warrior Demos, and I know we're going to play another song from the Warrior Demos, but you know, when you hear Hirsch Gardner do interviews, he said, you know what, Vinnie should have been our singer. We didn't need another singer. His voice was good enough, but mm-hmm. or his voice was great. Vinnie wanted a different singer, the higher register. I got to be honest, I side with Vinny because some of this stuff that I've heard on the demos, his voice is good, mm-hmm. but hearing Robert Fleischman do some of those songs, I'm like, man, that sounds better. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a definitely a different band with Fleischman compared to Vinny. Although I, I don't know. I, 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 Vinny had a very unique voice. So, I mean, I, I could, I could see where they may have stood out a little bit if, if he was the guy, but I don't know. I guess I can kind of see both sides of it. Cause I mean, I wouldn't want to hear the invasion album with anyone, but Robert singing on it, but for the warrior stuff, if that had come to fruition and he was the singer, I think they would have had a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right, Steven, you're up. All right, cool. So I'm going to pull something from the, uh, same warrior demos that Chris just pulled something off of. I'm going to pull a song called I need love. And this is going to sound pretty familiar to Vinnie Vincent Invasion fans because this song essentially became, uh, what, Shoot You Full of Love. Yes. Check it out. You like this song? You guys like this song? I like the first version and the uh, the version on the record. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's not as romantically titled as Shoot You Full of Love, but I still like it. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely got nastier. Exactly. I need love or shoot you full of love. You take your pick. I like the I like the uh, the sped up version a little bit more. I think it's a little bit too slowed down on the warrior demos. Yeah. Either way, I like this song. It's got a it's got a cool intro. So here you go. I need love. Oh 
Yeah, see, Vinny does sound good on some of that stuff. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Did you know that um, Shoot You Fall in Love was not the original title for that song? That's just a shame. Why not? Well, the original title was Hot Beef Injection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he decided just to tone it down a little bit, although Shoot You Fall in Love is pretty bad. <laughs> he hung out a little bit too long with Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. That rubbed yeah, off Shoot You Fall in Love is a definite Gene Simmons song title. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, Sonny, you're up. All right, so my before Kiss One when I got into Vinnie Vincent and uh, just into Kiss General in general, I was all about go get everything that I can get. And uh, whether I don't even know where I got some of these demos, like I was just trying to buy stuff off of eBay, buy at record stores, anywhere I could get it, I was getting stuff. Wait a second, Sonny, hold on. Let me get this straight. So you decided that you were going to do something and you went all in? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just how I go. <laughs> that's, wow. I, I would have never known that about you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I roll. So one of the uh, demos that I got was a song called Tears, where Vinnie Vincent is singing. Now, the demo date is a little questionable because the demo date says 85, which is possible, I guess. But this song had to have been written before 82 because Peter Chris did a version on Out of Control in May of 82. And then actually the best version of this song is on John Waite's album, No Breaks, in 1984. That's the same album that had Missing You. And John Waite version is really, really good. But it's this song is a little more mid-tempo. It's definitely radio-friendly hit. I'm surprised John Waite didn't have a hit with it. We'll see if we can maybe play a part of all three songs so you kind of get a different different flavor of all three songs. But uh, the Vindy one is definitely a demo. So check this out. The song's called Tears.
I got to disagree with you on which version is better. I'll take Peter's version over John Waits every day. Really? Yeah. I think Peter's version is, I think his voice is perfectly suited for that song. I, I like the John Waite version myself. That John Waite yeah. version's really good. I like them both, but I'll take Peter's version over John Waite's. See, I thought Waite changed the melody a little bit, which I thought was cooler. No, that's what I didn't like about his version. <laughs> I like the original melody on that one. <laughs> it's a good song, though. There's no doubt about it. Is. That it's yeah, it's one as far as like pop sensibility. It's one of Vinny's best written songs. Yeah, and Adam Mitchell helped with that. He was Adam Mitchell was a co-writer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. I'm surprised that didn't uh, that didn't become a hit for John White because it is right in the same vein with changes and and things like that, especially if it was on that same record. Yeah. All right. All right, so we're going to go to During, so we are back to Chris. During Kiss. Well, Chris with Kiss. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff I could have picked, you know, from Vinny, especially on the Lick It Up album, because most of it is written by Vinny. If I was going to go with just a guitar solo that I love, it would be the solo to Fits Like a Glove. I think that he just goes off on that solo, and yeah, it is all over the place, but it's also, it's controlled at the same time. I don't know how to explain it, but, and of course, when you're coming off the heels of, because when I go through her, it's just like a hot knife through butter. I mean, that's that, that's that's the all. You, of course, you're going to solo like crazy after a line like that. But no, for for songwriting, this was a case where it just kills me to know that we could have, if Vinny and the guys could have gotten along, we could have gotten way more compositions written between him and Gene and him and Paul. And the one that I picked, which in my opinion, this the fact that this was never released as a single to this day blows my mind and that's the song a million to one
Yeah, I love this song. I listen to this record a lot today because I want it to get all this stuff fresh in my head. And this whole record, man, I really, really enjoyed Lick It Up. I thought it was a great record. Sonny, you like this tune? Uh, it's my favorite tune on Lick It Up, man. This uh, I'm, I'm with Chris. Just terrible, terrible, terrible that they did not release it a single and they could have done it later too. They could have released it on hot in the shade as a remix, or they could have put it on uh, several of these compilation albums that they had and released it as a single in the late eighties. It would have been a monster hit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's got, it's got a great melody. It's just so well written. It, it makes no sense why. And it's a Paul song. So it's not like Paul being, you know, a control freak, not letting something out. It boggles my mind that it would never got released as a single, but I don't know. It's uh, it's I don't know, it's one of the biggest mysteries in history. There's yeah. an app for you, history mysteries. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I gotta get the trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Better hurry, Gene Simmons will fight you for it. Yeah. All right, so I'm up. I'm gonna go Creatures of the Night because, like Chris said, there's a million things I could have picked on. Look it up. Uh, but I wanted to give a little bit of love to Creatures of the Night. And Vinny shows up on Creatures of the Night with some co-writes. Uh, and he plays guitar a little bit as well. So uh, the song I'm going to pick is a Vinny co-write with Gene Simmons. Uh, and he also plays lead guitar on the track Killer. Yeah. 
song off that album. There's not really any bad songs on that album. No, and this one gets kind of unfairly ignored by a lot of people when when Creatures comes up in conversation. But I, and I guess it, it, you want to call it well, and definitely pun intended. I would call this killer filler because it's it doesn't have radio airplay written all over it, but it's it's just a really damn enjoyable track. And I love the uh, the backwards piano thing that intros the song. Yeah, you know, and that's that's sometimes those are the tracks that I love the best or the ones that are deep into an album at the ends of records. And and they're just, you know, it's still a rocking song, right? I mean, I don't know. Filler, killer. Uh, I like the tune. I like I like the heaviness of it. I think it goes fits right in line with that record and and even songs on lick it up like you know uh exciter and stuff like that they're just heavy guitar driven songs those are the kind of tunes that i like to play the ones you don't hear every day all right all you sunny sunny all right so i also went off of lick it up and the reason i did this is because when i got the warrior album i'm listening to this track called boys gonna rock which I'm like, okay, well, that must be, you know, the demo to the Invasion song. And I'm like, wait a second, that verse melody is a song I know. So if we get to do this, we're, we, we're going to try to play a little part of Boys Gonna Rock so you can kind of hear the verse melody. I know I'm creating a, a editing nightmare for my buddy Steven, but that's how I do. <laughs> but it's really weird to have an On the Eighth Day and Boy's Gonna Rock kind of mixed. It's very, very interesting on this demo. But uh, the song I picked is that Gene Classic. Love it off of Lick It Up. And it's called And On The Eighth Day. God created rock and roll, baby.
Love it. Yeah, it's a good tune. And what I really like is I like that when um, you just join podcast and start barking out stuff for other people to do when you can just sit there and, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Am I thinking out loud again? God damn it. My bad. <laughs> oh boy i think i think steven's gonna start suggesting sunny edit some episodes in the future (laughs) it'll never get done god damn it if this kid could just sit with me for one edit chris i know you know what i'm talking about i feel your pain brother (laughs) i was up till one in the morning doing the 96 year in review episode last night god i know you guys do a lot of edit for those episodes i can't I can't wait to listen. Those are my those are some of my favorite episodes when you guys do the uh, years and reviews. It's been a wow, while since you. you guys put one out. Yeah, I it didn't I didn't think it had been, but when I look, you know, into the archive of the last one we did was nineteen eighty two and that was back in April. So it's been a while. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that one. Yeah, but for on the eighth day, uh my hat's off to you, Sonny. I'm glad somebody will admit to liking this song. It's like this one was like a, a favorite for people to bash when Lick It Up comes up in conversation. Like that song is so cheesy. I'm like, did you forget you're talking about Kiss? And I mean, Gene Simmons? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the cheesiest his you know, that's that's good. That's his MO, is it not? Hundred <laughs> percent. I love it. I think it's awesome. I love it. And no, it's an it, anthem, a great anthem. And what's also interesting is right, so it, you know, I'm guessing here because I don't know the story, obviously, because I wasn't there. But I'm assuming Vinny brings this in and Gene's like, well, I like the verse melody, but that chorus, that's, that's not going to work. And then he even changed the lyrics. So what Gene took from Boys Gonna Rock and made into and on the eighth day, it just shows you Gene's got an ear, man. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, it's a great song. And, and I, I've never understood the hate that it gets. I think Lick It Up is all it's just and Lick It Up in general is one that you like doesn't come up in conversation but then every time people decide to listen to it they're like oh i forgot how much i like this album i don't know why that is <laughs> yeah case in point me today i mean i knew yeah. i liked it i just forgot how much i really liked it that's all yeah yeah <laughs> all right so let's do the after so chris you're up all right well you know we, we've talked about how you know we enjoy Vinny's jeff beck stuff and his his controlled playing and when he's not going all over the fretboard well i'm going to I'm going to throw that all out the window with my last pick. <laughs> and this is uh, this song is the epitome of Vinnie Vincent's reputation, and uh, I just absolutely love it. I think it's one of the mark my words. I think this is one of the best songs released in the 1980s. I love this song. This is a song called "Animal" from the first Vinnie Vincent Invasion album.
I dig that tune. I, I, yeah. There's not a whole lot off both those Vinny records, the Invasion records that I don't like, but that song is definitely one of my uh, top songs on that record. I love that he just goes fucking insane all the way at the end of the song and... <laughs> You know, he even has this break where he's just going nuts on the fretboard and, you know, he goes as high as you could possibly go. And then the whole band comes back in and ends the song. It's just, I don't know. I just love it. it it's just, uh, well, actually, Robert Fleischman, when I interviewed him, he he summed up this album and, and this song in particular the best way you can. This is the equivalent of an artist getting a canvas and getting every color of the rainbow in paint and just throwing it on the canvas. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, did I hear a rumor that uh, this was supposed to be part of Animalize or something like that? Yeah, he. Uh, this was one of the songs that, that he demoed. It was intended for Kiss. This song and Twisted and Shoot You Fall of Love and Back on the Streets, all those were intended for Animalize. Oh, okay. And some people, I don't. That, it's a leap, but it wouldn't surprise me. Some people think that the title Animalize came from the song Animal. Oh, so this song was written then several years before Invasion did it, huh? Okay. That's cool. That's what Vinny has said in interviews back in the day. Very cool. Well, they ripped him off for the Revenge title, too. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Can't catch a break. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right. So before we get to my uh, post-kiss pick, I got to take a few minutes out to do my best Aaron Camaro Chris, you may be asking yourself, Self, how is it that I can help the Grown Up Rock podcast? Well, here's how you can help this fledgling little podcast. We're not the big mammoth podcast like the Decibel Geeks are, but you can help us uh. out. <laughs> you can help us out by going to our Amazon link and picking up some of these kick-ass albums that we're playing for you guys. Go there and do your shopping. It'll help us out. We get a little bit of a kickback. It doesn't cost you a penny more. Isn't that right, Sonny? Yes, sir. That's the easiest way to help us out, no doubt. Helps pay for those web hosting fees. And it costs us just a little bit to put this podcast up each and every week for you guys. And that's how you can help us out. So go through our Amazon link at growinguprock.com. Pick yourself up some of these new kick-ass rock and roll records that we're playing for you, and everybody will be good. All right, I've said my piece. Thanks, Chris, for helping out. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite as smooth as Mr. Camara, but hey, I'm learning each and every week. All right, so we're getting to my post-kissed, and my post-kiss comes off the All Systems record released in 88. It is the kickoff track to this record. It is a song called Ashes to Ashes. You guys into this song at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I've told this story before. Like, my best friend and I cut school to go buy the record because we knew Mark Slaughter was going to be on it. And this song kicks in. We're like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I dig this song. I dig the beginning. So I'm going to spin it right now.
song is there's and it's not just that song it's like even some of the demos i was digging through today with euphoria Vinny has a love of like beach boys and queen kind of vocal harmonies and 
putting some of that layered harmony stuff together, it sounds, uh, it reminds me a lot in, in places of like Beach Boy and, and Queen harmonies. You guys hear that at all? Yeah, I can hear. I never really put that together as far as the Queen and Beach Boys thing, but I, it, I, it does make sense. I can I can see that. And yeah, he was very into a lot of layering production techniques on his on his albums. And I wonder if I think Dana Strum may have brought some of that to the party because he was kind of the co-producer with a lot of this stuff. And I know the intro to Ashes to Ashes is have you do you know the story about that? Bob Rock told it on your uh, podcast, right? Oh yeah, he probably did about the uh, is Japanese band that Dana was producing, and the the words are was it uh, memories of you never fade away, but it's played backwards. Yep. Yeah, it's a yeah. band called Cooney. Of course, Sonny knows it. Uh, well, you don't know who the lead singer is <laughs> of Cooney. Yeah, Jeff Scott no Soto. Jeff Scott Soto. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just said that because I, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, Chris, it was only going to be one or two people. It was only going to be Kotzen or, or Jeff Scott Soto. It wasn't going to be anybody else. Uh, Sonny, tell me, that, are, you, are you allowed within 100 yards of Jeff Scott Soto? I'm positive <laughs> he is not. <laughs> I, am 100, I am 100% sure there's a restraining order from both Scott Soto and Kotzen on Sonny Pooney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just carrying the flag for two guys that are underrated. What can I say? You were worried about not getting into the Kiss Expo. This dude needs to be worried about never seeing these guys live in concert again. <laughs> so since um, we're on that I- subject. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, this story may make you a little recumbent, but uh, Uncle Hollywood has a little story for you. And this is out of Jeff Scott Soto's authorized biography. He actually has a book out, put it out probably about, say, five or six years ago. And here's the paragraph. So maybe Stephen can play some sleepy music. See, I'm making more editing problems. See how that goes? All right. (laughs) What Uh, the hell is sleepy music, by the way? Like story time music. Okay. So here's the story. It was 1988, and Vinny needed to bring some focus into his own career after Invasion and was seeking to record demos for a new project. It was then that Jeff Soto came into play after meeting Dana Strum. Along with Jimmy Waldo on keys and programming, the trio was used not as a proper band lineup, but simply to record Vinny's song ideas for his publishing deal, which was a catalog of songs he would write for other artists to potentially use. Jeff was contracted for the session and to breathe life into five completely written songs. All five tracks are softer ballads. One is called Youngblood. It was a demo that was supposed to be used for the soundtrack of a film by the same name with Rob Lowe starring in a leading role. The other four were Forbidden, I'm on Fire for You, My Love Goes With You, and Gypsy in Her Dreams. There are two differing versions about the aim for these tapes and it's difficult to establish the reality of either. The first suggests that Vinnie wanted to deliver the tapes to record companies in order for them to be shopped to other bands in their stables. The other is that the recordings were undertaken to provide film music just like Youngblood. Both versions would be logical. What marks him out from other output is that his trademark guitar sits in the background for most of the song. Only on the guitar solos does his work show its worth, and the songs are characterized more by keyboards and, of course, by the vocals. Perhaps they were never released because it didn't fit in with the persona that was Vinnie Vincent Invasion. So... 88, he hires Jeff Scott Soto to do these five songs, and one of the songs that we're going to play for you is called I'm on Fire for You. 
All right, dude. Are you done reading your biography uh, with your yeah, boyfriend the, the there? Story, the story time, the storyteller. Yeah. All right. So I'm on fire for you. Yeah. That is a cool book. I've read part of it. <laughs> yeah. That song was all right. I didn't hate it. <laughs> what a what a glowing review. I didn't hate it. <laughs> That's because he doesn't like the softer stuff. All five could have been, I mean, they could have been sold to Hall & Oates, Richard Marks, mm-hmm. Phil Collins. And I, I, I like all of the songs that Jeff did with him. And, um, but like even Paul Stanley was shopping songs very similar around the same time to other artists too. Right. It's not uh, it's not that out of line. And I sorry to derail, but I have seen Jeff Scott Soto live one time. I saw him front Journey here in Nashville. Yeah, that was a great show. It was a great show. Yeah, I, I was backstage that show. Finally got to meet the Journey guys. It was awesome. That's cool. As a Vinny fan, I was a little let down when I read in the book about how it was really, it was never meant to be a band. It was all just basically, you know, business and let's get these demos out. Because I always had this kind of thought in my head, like, it'd be cool if Vinny and Jeff Scott Soto actually had a band together. It was kind of bummed that it was, that it was that's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I remember when I saw him with Journey, I was looking forward to Jeff singing the ballads. Why the hell is a drummer singing until I heard him sing? And I'm like, oh shit, that guy can sing. <laughs> Well, yeah, but when we saw him, I looked at my wife and I was like, I didn't know Steve Perry played drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, so that was our the Super Duper 9-pack of Vinny songs, which uh, I thought all of our picks were great. I know we want to talk a little bit about the upcoming Kiss Expo, right, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. So we got this Kiss Expo coming up. And what are you guys looking forward to most about it? Because we're all going to be there. I'm going to be there. Sonny's going to be there. Grown Up Rock's got a table. I think Decibel Geek, you guys are sharing a table with uh, Podcast Rock City, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to, we're coming, me and Aaron Camaro both coming down and, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, meeting Vinny for the first time is that's the highlight, the ultimate highlight. But other than that, I mean, I'm just excited to see all you guys and hang out. And like, I'm actually excited to go to an expo where I don't have to run around like a crazy moron all the time. <laughs> what, what do you get? What do you what do you get signed, Chris? I haven't decided yet. I've got a few things. I'm thinking about, which I don't know, with our history, I don't know. I, I, but part of me wants to put together like a glossy poster that's got like episode artwork of the Vinny specials we've done, but I'm afraid he's going to be like, Oh, I remember all the trash on that. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I haven't totally decided. I've got some ideas, but it's still up in the air. What about you guys? Are you guys doing the meet and greet? Sonny, are you doing the meet and greet? No, I'm not. I'm, uh, and I'm just mm-hmm. not good at that kind of stuff. I, I just wanted to experience the whole fandom that is Vinny yeah. Vincent. And, you know, you get, like these hardcore fans in a room it's like seeing one of your favorite artists in a small club where everybody knows everything about the artist right and you just can't replicate that feeling anywhere else yeah i still can't wrap my brain around the fact that he's gonna appear in the public it still has a i mean we've had all this time to think about it but it still doesn't even seem real it still seems i still i'm waiting for something the shoe to drop and something to happen where he doesn't do it. Cause it's just, it's just, if you had asked me, you know, a year ago, do you ever see Vinny Vincent go showing up at a kiss expo and meeting people? I wouldn't have said no. I'd have said, hell no. I mean, I didn't know. I don't think anyone saw this coming. So I'm just, I'm still in shock over the whole thing. But once it got announced, I knew I had to, had to find a way to be there. I think yeah. it's definitely going to happen. Even his Wikipedia page mentions it. 
I mean, even his Wikipedia page has has the update in there and says he's going to be he's excited to be featured at the 2018 Atlanta Kiss Expo in January. Wow! But there's there's I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all the podcasters. I'm also there's you know some people that didn't get to make my expo or some vendors that are going to be there that I want to meet. There's uh are you guys are familiar with the Kiss Alive Forever book, right? Right. Yep. So. So part of that is the authors of that book are going to show 30 minutes of never before seen kiss footage from 74 through 83. So I'm excited to see that too. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. I was listening to kiss FAQ the other day and I think it was Mark that said this, uh, cause I want to give him credit, you know, with Vinny getting all this buzz about coming out of hiding, basically, if he wants to put out music or do something, this would be the time to do it. The iron is hot now. If he's not going to put out music in 2018, most likely he's not going to do it. Yeah. I got to think he'll do something because there's there's potential for real money to to make it, you know, it's even if he just does a limited run of vinyl or something or yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I know stuff's going to get leaked, but real fans like us, I'll absolutely if he puts out vinyl, I'll buy two copies. I don't oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not looking for leaked stuff on the internet. I want the, I want the whole shebang. I want the packaging and everything. Yeah. You know, this is a little bit off the subject, but I was thinking about this earlier today, which is, I wonder what would have happened if Vinny Vincent would have just remained a songwriting partner with kiss and never been like officially in the band or toured or any of that kind of shit would he still be producing music with those guys today? Because obviously the songwriting partnership between the three of them was magic. It produced some great tunes. So I wonder what that would have been like uh, if he would have never been involved in being in the band or being on tour where those those um, personalities maybe would have never clashed and driven that thing. If you're eliminating ego and personality conflicts, and yeah, I think they would have, they probably, I think they would have even used him on Psycho Circus. God knows they needed it, but I wish that had been the case because I love. Well, I mean, I love his era in the band, but I wish he had stayed in the band. Honestly, I mean, as much as I love Bruce, but I don't know. It's also one of those. If you change one thing, you change everything. Because yeah. you know, I got we got a lot of great stuff out of Bruce in the process, and it's fun to think about. It's a good what if to think about because I think. Oh man, the songwriting with Vinny and those guys through the '80s. I think they might have been up on that Aerosmith level as far as radio play. They might have actually broken through radio-wise. And I love Crazy Nights, but imagine you know Vinny's strong songwriting in on that album. That could have been what they needed. Yeah, yeah. But you're dead on with the ego piece. It's three alpha males, right? So let's say those albums are even better than they are currently. And they are bigger and they get to that Aerosmith status. I mean, the bigger they get, probably the worse the three alpha males get along, most likely. Well, that's why I was saying, you know, if if you're just keeping a writing partner, you know, you take a lot of the factor out of it. I mean, it's a lot different story when you're living with somebody day in and day out on the road and you're, you're on stage with them and there's all that going on. If you're just seeing somebody for a few months and even nowadays, because writing can be done from States apart and you can just, you know, email your part in, it's a lot different story. 
So that's that was the biggest thing that I was talking about is is that whole separation of of the ego male male egos, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. What are you looking forward to, Sonny, at this expo? One experience just everything that's going on. I'm looking to watch my favorite, looking forward to seeing my first Kiss tribute band because I've never seen one before. So looking forward to Pris, looking forward to the Q&A, you know, and I don't really, people are worried about, oh, there'll be canned answers and then, you know, you won't get the real story. We have nothing right now. Yeah. Like I'll take a canned answer over basically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if, it, if I was in this position, hell yeah, that thing is thought through and I've, practiced how i'm going to answer some of the toughest questions 3900 times because i don't want to say something sideways yeah that's a good thing is like I, I you know i was talking to joe the other day and he's going to the friday meet and greet so you know we'll all get we'll all get the skinny on the first meet and greet from him and that's like six hours long so it, i'm wondering if he's going to be more candid in these meet and greet q a's than he is you know on the main convention day there might be some some real uh, bombs dropped. I don't know. You know, he took the high road on that statement about Gene's comments about him. So I wonder if he's going to just take that tact, you know, as it is. But I don't know. It's like it's ha- it's it's already a victory for the fact that he's coming back out in public. Is you know, I'm just happy for that. Yeah, Chris, you looking forward to seeing Press? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of tribute bands over the years, though. So it's. I mean, it's a unique one, so I'm interested in seeing them. I don't think they used to have Jody, uh, Judy Kakuza playing drums for them. It was in uh, Betty Blowtorch, but I'm not sure if she's in the band anymore. If she is, I hope so, because I want to run into her. But I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see them, though. But, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to hanging out and taking it easy and uh, hanging out with everybody and having a good time. Yeah, Decibel Geek, you guys are probably going to be there in a little bit unofficial capacity, right? You're there more to enjoy the uh, the expo than so much as a working uh, expo, right? Well, I mean, we say that, but then we'll probably get there and plan a whole bunch of shit. So, I mean, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Aaron's going to bring the portable recorder and we'll have it on and we'll record a bunch of stuff. But I don't know. We're going to. We kind of—I'm just trying to purposely not schedule too many things so I can just enjoy it and not try to drive myself crazy running from thing to thing. But yeah, I'm just—I'm just looking forward to walking around and having a good time. I think we're going to have a ton of content that comes out of that thing between the podcast, all the podcasts that'll be there. I think they'll probably be. Yeah, it's like a rock and pod reunion. Almost, for sure. <laughs> Very cool. All right, what else we got going on, uh, Sonny? What's next? You mentioned rock and pod there, Chris. Like, give us a skinny. Is rock and pod part due on the horizon or what? Yeah. What is the deal? Rock and pod part due. We're not going to call it that. Part duh. No, you got to call it rock and pod two electric boogaloo. <laughs> rock and pod two electric boogaloo. But the hope is that it happens. I've just. I've been dealing with personal stuff, you know, for the last couple of months, trying to get my life back in order after the after the ordeal that was the Rock and Pot Expo. But uh, but no, it's it's going to happen. I mean, we'll 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 work it out. Um, I'm just I tried to give myself a mental break before I get back on the treadmill that is planning it because it's there's a lot of moving parts. But uh, but yeah, next year I uh, intend to get more help from other people and uh, hopefully not land myself in the hospital like i did this year <laughs> well here here's a hint sonny's not gonna help you okay oh, come on, dude. 
Hey, he helped me with the table situation that day. I'll give him that. He just wants to show up. That's all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just busting balls because that's what I do. No, of course. Um, hey, that uh, that that last expo, the Rock and Pod Expo, that happened in August. So I think you've had enough time. Suck it up. Let's go, Sinzak. Oh wow. <laughs> Okay, so the first podcast not invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know who's going to be there. Will grown up rock be invited? <laughs> <laughs> they were. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, it's, right. uh, it's going to happen, and uh, I'm excited to do it again. And everybody seemed to have such a good time. And I, you know, I got, got so much praise from so many people that. Uh, it seems like it's it'd be kind of a no-brainer to you know to not do it again. So let's uh, let's try to get it organized and uh, and we'll get it set up. I'm going to try to plan for the same weekend. And if if I do it the same weekend that Saturday, that, uh, for that day it'll be Gene Simmons' actual birthday that we do it. Very oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. So I'll uh, I, I'll get to work on getting that fifty grand together so he'll bring the vault to it. <laughs> and on the eighth day, God created Rock and Pod 2, Electric Boogaloo. There you go. <laughs> See, there's a poster right there. Exactly. There it is. Um, <laughs> all right. So before we uh, break into Chris's cell phone, he has no idea that we're going to break into a cell phone. You want an investment? You got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So today's, uh, since we're on uh, the Vinnie Vincent kick, John Norum, who is uh, the guitar player for Europe, after the final countdown got released in 86, John Norum decided to do a solo album. And it's uh, his first of seven. And one of the songs that he covered on his solo album was written by Vinnie Vincent and Richard Friedman, and it's uh, the awesome song called Back on the Streets, which was also on the first Invasion album. Now, on Norm's solo album, he does a lot of the lead vocals, but on this song, he actually had his buddy Goran Edmund do the lead vocals from Ingve, uh, and uh, he's been in some other bands too. So check it out, Back on the Streets by John Norum, 1987.
Yeah, I checked that out. I dig that tune. I forgot about that song. It sounds pretty good. His, you know, a little bit more keyboards in his version, but I enjoyed it. I like John Norum in Europe. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Chris doesn't like to mix his vegetables and his uh, mashed potatoes on his plate. <laughs> if vegetables are a overtly keyboard heavy song, then you're right. <laughs> No, that's true, but I do like his guitar playing. It's good, and yeah, there's a little bit more keyboard in that, but I still thought it sounded all right. It's an interesting pick. It's an interesting song to hear. Yeah. I thought it came out best with Vinny and Robert doing dual parts. I thought it was a yeah. good idea, and I really can't hear it a different <laughs> way, but I thought it was cool that somebody did a Vinny Vincent song, so that's why we picked it. But I want to hear the unreleased Paul Stanley demo that they did of it for Creatures. That's what I want to hear. That would be cool. Yeah. Either way, it made for a good historic moment. Way to go, Sonny. Thank you, sir. So, Chris, I want to personally thank you, first of all, for joining us today. But uh, most of all, I got an opportunity to do Decibel Geek. It was the first podcast I ever did. You called me like right after I made the donation. You made me feel so comfortable. I was scared to death doing the episode with you guys that day. <laughs> I was probably talking at the speed of light during the episode. It was crazy. And then I remember afterwards going, man, that was really fun. I'd like to do that more. I just don't know if I got time. And that's kind of what started it all for me. So thank you so much. Oh, no problem, man. I'm, it was a blast having you on. And you've taken the ball and run with it, man. Because I remember talking, to, and Stephen, you're going to like this. Because when I was talking to Sonny after he made the donation, I was like, awesome, dude. I was like, I want to add you to the uh, to the Facebook group, and he's like, "Oh, I don't do social media, man." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Why not?" He's like, "Well, with my job and everything, I can't. I don't. I can't have any social media profiles." And next thing I know, Sonny's like the king of Twitter and Facebook. That son of a bitch has got like four thousand followers on Twitter or some shit. I know. What are you doing <laughs> on there? It just, uh, you know, it's just like Stephen said. When I go in, I go all in. And I would just say, you know what? If as long as I keep it clean, everything's good. People can follow me. I'm just doing what I do, which yeah. is really no different than anything else. So it's been good. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm happy we could be the, the gateway drug to get you into your full flesh. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> man. That dude's exploded on social media. That's why that name Hollywood fits better than ever now. Yeah. Well, he connected us too, right? The, what was... Steven, you have a story because you went and did the episode and then that's how we got connected, right? Well, you and I got connected because I heard their episode with you and then you started showing up on some of the Facebook posts. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just reach out to this dude because he likes rock and roll and he's he's been on two or three podcasts at this point because you did some other guest episodes. He did Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I reached out to you because, because I needed somebody to, if nothing else to practice with, because I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I just didn't, I, I knew I couldn't do it by myself. Like I, I'm not the person that can sit in a chair and talk. You know what I mean? Well, I'm not either. Listen to the first few episodes of Decibel Geek before Aaron shows up. Oh, dude, totally. I mean, I heard your episodes, and that's exactly how my first episode is. It's it's like it's, I, it's just uncomfortable to sit in a room and talk to nobody. Yeah, it takes a certain type of personality to pull that off. 
Uh, once again, I want to thank our pal, Chris Sinzak from the Decibel Geek Podcast. Chris, do you want to tell folks where they can find your podcast? Uh, sure. Just, well, decibelgeek.com is the main, that's the hub for the articles, the podcast, for everything, photos, all that. Um, some really good reviews written by both you guys on there. Also, well, I guess, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, I think we're back on Spreaker now. So all the, everywhere you would find it, everywhere that podcasts are sold. If you're a listener of mine and you're listening to this because I'm on it, listen to this show every week, subscribe to it, support them because they're another one of our bastard children and we want to support them. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Chris. So cool. I appreciate that. We need all the help we can get. Well, no, you'll be fine. You've got the king of social media as your co-host. That's Hollywood Pony. (laughs) I'm going to put Echo right there. Yeah, cool. All right, guys, it's almost time for us to wrap this thing up. Chris, we have a tradition here at Grown Up Rock. We do the iPhone shuffle, and in your case, the Android shuffle. Uh-huh. Here's what we want. We want you to pull out your phone and, and shuffle the songs, and whatever song comes up is the song that's going to play us out. Oh, God. We're 100% aware that we could get anything, and that's the whole point. Oh, boy. Right. Watch, it's going to be like Cindy Lauper's True Colors or something. I was listening to that earlier. No, um, Jeez, <laughs> oh I was listening to the new U2 album earlier, so who knows how this is going to go. All right, let me let me get this my Spotify pulled up here. Give me a second. Here goes nothing. Once again, thanks for everybody's time. Until next week, we'll be bringing you a bunch of content, I'm sure, from the Vinnie Vincent Kiss Expo. Look out for it. All right. We'll see you guys. Later. See you
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 